Welcome to Bible Stories with Dad, where I read a Bible story. So we're picking back up in Acts chapter 18, right about where we left off. And Paul leaves Athens and goes to Corinth. Uh, meets a Jewish individual named Aquila and his wife Priscilla. And they were tent makers, it turns out so was Paul. So he hangs out with them and makes tents with them as a, a way to provide for himself. And while he's there, every Sabbath, Paul heads down to the local synagogue and tries to convince anybody that'll listen, Jews, Greeks, didn't matter, anybody that'll listen about Jesus being the Messiah. Now while this is all going on, Silas and Timothy come down from Macedonia and, and meet up with him. And this gives Paul some more free time, so he spends all his time preaching, testifying to Jesus being the Messiah, and, and it doesn't go over very well, uh, as it turns out. People don't really respond. In fact, uh, they get to the point they're just insulting him instead of listening to him. So Paul shakes the dust from his clothes, which was a way of saying, you know, you're so despicable, you're so terrible that even your dust doesn't deserve to be on my clothes, and heads out. He says, your, your blood's on your own heads. I'm innocent. I tried. From now on, I'm going to preach to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. So he leaves, and he goes to the house of somebody named Titius Justus. I think that's how it's pronounced. Who's a Gentile, lives right next door to the synagogue. Crispy, Crispus, Crispus, not Crispy. Crispus is the leader of the synagogue, and everybody in his household believes in the Lord. They're convinced. And a whole bunch of other people in Corinth also heard Paul and became believers and were baptized. And if you remember, there's kind of a pattern here. So Paul starts seeing his message take off, and then usually soon after that is when he gets beaten or stoned and thrown in prison and all of that good stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe that was going through the back of his mind, you know, looking over his shoulder every time he steps out, thinking, oh, they're going to beat me or they're going to stone me again, they're going to throw me out of the city. But the Lord gives him a vision while he's sleeping one night and, and the Lord tells him Paul don't be afraid speak out don't be silent I'm with you and nobody's gonna attack and harm you because lots of people in this city belong to me so Paul hangs out there for the next year and a half teaching the Word of God teaching these new believers and establishing a church and then some dude named Gallio I think that's how you pronounce it Gallio becomes governor of Achaia a chia? Uh, maybe it's a chia pet. I don't know. But this Gallio becomes governor somewhere, and so some Jews get together. They figure out, all right, now's the time. They rise up together against Paul, and they bring him before the governor for judgment. And they accuse him of, as they put it, persuading people to worship God in ways that are contrary to our law. And so Paul starts to make a defense, like, well, you see, here's what. And Gallio turns to Paul's accusers and says, listen. If this was a case where he had done something wrong or had committed a serious crime, I'd have a reason to listen to you. But this is just a question of words and names and your Jewish law. You take care of it. I don't care. I'm not judging this sort of thing. And he throws him out of the courtroom. Well, the crowd grabs Sosthenes. The crowd grabs Sosthenes, who's a leader in the synagogue, and they beat him right there in the courtroom. But Gallio just ignores it, pays no attention to it at all. 
So Paul obviously runs out of town, right? Nope. Paul sticks around for some time after that till he says goodbye to everybody. And he sets sail for Syria. He takes Priscilla and Aquila with him. And they stop at Ephesus. Paul leaves everybody else behind. And while he's there, he goes to the synagogue again to reason with the Jews again. And they ask him to stay a little longer. But he declined. At least this time he didn't get thrown out. But as he left, he said, you know what? I'm, I will come back. God willing, I'll be back. And then he set sail for Ephesus. The next stop ends up being Caesarea. Caesarea? Uh, whatever. From there he goes up and visited the church at Jerusalem and then headed back to Antioch. Spent some time there and then went back through Galatia, Galatia and Phrygia. 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 Visiting and strengthening the believers there. So he's going back to places he's already been and he's encouraging the believers that are there. So, while all this is going on, there's a Jew named Apollos. He's a good speaker. He knew the scriptures real well, and he'd arrived in Ephesus from Egypt. And he'd been taught the way of the Lord, which means he'd been taught about Jesus. And so he started teaching others about Jesus. And he was really enthusiastic, and he was accurate, but he only knew up to, like, John's baptism. And Priscilla and Aquila hear him preaching boldly in the synagogue. And they, they figure this out. So they pull him aside and they explain the rest of what he doesn't know about Jesus and about, you know, God's plan. So then Apollos tells him he'd been thinking about going to Achaia? Achaia? Wherever he was thinking about going. He was thinking about going somewhere. And so the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. So they wrote to the believers in wherever that was, and asked them to welcome him. So he went there and proved to be of great benefit to those who, by God's grace, had believed in Jesus. And he was able to refute the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate with the scriptures and explain to them that Jesus was the Messiah. So now, Apollos is in Corinth, and Paul goes to Ephesus on the coast where he finds some believers. And he asks them, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Well, then what baptism did you get? And they said, the baptism of John. And Paul said, well, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. So as soon as they heard this, the people were like, whoa, we should be baptized in the name of Jesus. So they were. And then Paul, when he laid his hands on them, saw that the Holy Spirit came on them. And they even spoke in other languages, and they prophesied. And there was like 12 men total that were in this group. So then Paul goes to synagogue again, and preaches boldly again, for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But, again, some became stubborn, rejecting his message, again, and publicly speaking out against him and what he was saying. So he left the synagogue and took the believers with them, and he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Not Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years, so that the people throughout the province of Asia, Jews and Greeks alike, heard the word of the Lord. And God gave Paul the power to perform miracles. If a handkerchief or something like that even touched his skin, and then it was laid on a sick person, the sick person would be healed. Evil spirits were cast out. 
Well, now a group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits too, and they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation. They said, well, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus by whom Paul preaches. There was uh, seven sons of a, a, a dude named Skeva. There were seven sons of this Jewish priest who were going around doing this, and an evil spirit answered them when they said that. An evil spirit said, you know, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom the, the evil spirit was at the time jumped on them and overpowered all seven of them, so they ran out of the house naked and injured. And this became known throughout the whole area to Jews and non-Jews alike. And fear fell upon them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was, was magnified, was made larger, was made more well known. Lots of people who believed kept coming, confessing all of their, their sins and their, their evil practices. And, and those who practiced magic brought their books together and started burning them in, everyone, in front of everyone. And they counted up the price of all the books of, of magic, evil incantations and, and all of that. They counted up the price of all this that they were burning and found it to be several million dollars worth of, of, of these books. And the word of the Lord was being preached and spread mightily. Now, when all these things were done, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and that place Apollo wanted to go before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said... I'm going to go on to Rome. So he sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead of him to Macedonia, while he stayed just a little longer in the province of Asia. Now around that time, some serious trouble developed in Ephesus about what they called the way. See, that's what they called Christians at the time. They said they followed the way. And it began with this dude named Demetrius. And he was a silversmith. He worked with silver. And he had a big business manufacturing little silver shrine thingies of the Greek goddess Artemis. And he kept a lot of craftsmen busy. There's a lot of jobs involved in this. He called them all together along with some other people employed in some similar stuff. And he, he said to them, you know, guys... You know, our wealth comes from this business. This is our income. This is our livelihood. But you've seen this and you've heard this. This guy, Paul, is persuading people that our handmade gods really aren't gods at all. And he's done it not just here in Ephesus, but everywhere, the whole province. Now, I'm just not talking about the loss of respect. I'm concerned that the temple of our great goddess will lose its influence. Because, you see, you can't just say you're out for money you got to give it that spin. So at all of this, these people, these guys, their anger starts boiling up, and they start shouting it, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed out to the amphitheater, dragging along uh, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in too, but the believers wouldn't let him. So some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by going in there. Inside, people were all shouting some one thing and some something else. And everyone was in confusion. Most people didn't even know why they were there. Some of the people in the crowd pushed someone named Alexander forward, and he motioned with his hand, and he was going to make a defense to the assembly, but then everybody realized he was a Jew, so they yelled and wouldn't listen to him. They just yelled, Greatest Artemis of the Ephesians. 
Finally, the town clerk got the crowd quiet and said, Man of Ephesus, who here doesn't know how great the Ephesians are as guardian of the temple of Artemis? Who here doesn't know that? It's an undeniable fact. So quit yelling. There's, there's no reason to get all upset. There's no need to do anything rash. You got these people here who aren't robbers of temples and who don't blaspheme our goddess. So if Demetrius, this guy here, and his craftsmen have a complaint against anybody, they know where the courts are. They can go to the court and they can bring charges against someone. But anything more of this, we're all going to be accused of rioting. Because there's no real cause for it. And if anybody asks, we don't have a reason for being here. We're all going to be in trouble. So then he dismisses everybody and they leave. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you next time.